called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. It's a serious question. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. You're listening to Just Ask the Question, adventures in reporting with your host, Brian Karam. Hi, welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and today with us is the infamous, the uh, unparalleled Randy Rainbow. The gorgeous. The gorgeous Randy Rainbow. So Randy, uh, well known for parody, and if you haven't seen him, you got to check out his parody of the Trump administration. But I'll just start by just asking you the question. All right. How did you get involved in this? Well, Hillary Clinton hired me back in 20... No. Some people think that that's the case. They think I've been hired by the DNC, and I get hate mail like that all the time. Have you gotten death threats? I'm afraid not. I don't think I'm big enough for that yet. Now I'm depressed. <laughs> um, no, no death threats yet that I'm aware of. Though just I hate do, I have it. Yeah, but I always say you'd be surprised how much hate mail I don't get. I hear from people all the time who say... You know, I don't agree with you politically. I don't like gay people or white people or Jewish people or people. I'm a terrible, horrible person, but I love your videos. Your videos are hilarious. So I get stuff like that, which is always nice to hear. So I interrupted the, the answer. How did you Oh, how started? did I get started? Yeah. Well, I've been doing this for a very long time, actually. I mean, a very long time. 2010 was my first viral video, and it was called Randy Rainbow is Dating Mel Gibson. <laughs> So you remember when the whole Mel Gibson thing yeah, happened with the those whole tapes. Yeah. So I put out, a, I had a blog. Long story short, I had a blog. I was working a desk job. I was bored out of my, can you curse on this? It's I won't. a fucking podcast. Okay. <laughs> I was bored out of my fucking mind. And uh, I have a musical theater background. I was sort of getting into comedy and stuff. So I started writing a blog, a comedic blog that was sort of Broadway bent uh, from behind the desk. Uh, um, of, at an accounting firm where I was being, uh, where I was a, not an accountant, <laughs> if you need to. Yeah, that, no, that that's up. all right. I was um, a receptionist. So that started getting a little traction. I got known in the gay and Broadway communities primarily. And, um, Is there I, a difference? Same shit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I said, you know, the ham in me, the performer in me kind of kicked in. I said, oh, I got some people, I got some eyes on this thing now. Why right. don't I put myself on camera and maybe do something? Uh, and I had I, I started to lampoon celebrities and pop culture and things like that. The Mel Gibson thing happened at that time, and I just had this idea for a sketch called Randy Rainbow's Dating Mel Gibson, and essentially I w was walking around my apartment having romantic phone conversations with, with the those horrible, racist, misogynistic phone rants of Mel Gibson, and that went viral. And from then on, I just sort of stuck to that gimmick of plugging myself into... Those situations, the the, the headlines, and, then, and so in 2016, you know, Trump it just it, it was just an obvious kind of thing for me. You told me, um, and if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, I'm not comfortable talking about anything. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about it then. <laughs> so you told and me, I'm, so tell me if I need to speak up because no, you're good. Like you, I'm not only a serious journalist; I'm also a singer, and we're I'm about to do a show. And and you will know, have to do a that. number together. Yeah, um, I'm gonna call you up. We're gonna do sisters from sisters. White Christmas. See, that's why I like. I've that. never met a better pair of sisters. All right, so, yeah, how did you? You had told me that you knew when you saw Donald Trump that it harkened back to your own father. Yeah, how, how? Donald Trump is my father. Um, 
the matter. Now, we, metaphorically, metaphorically, right? Yeah, let's <laughs> not start a rumor, although I could use the publicity. Yeah. Let's, um, he, he, that's how we'll promote this. Yeah. <laughs> breaking. Yeah, breaking. Um, he, in every capacity, is my father. From, it's, we, the, this show is not long enough to get into it, but I mean down to the mannerisms. And so much so that my father, who's no longer with us, who was not an introspective person in any way, he would never say something like this about himself. But bef right before he died was in 2016 when the election was happening. And even he said, I cannot watch him in the debates because he remi reminds me too much of myself. Wow. But just he was just that kind of, I mean, forgive me, I don't want to offend anybody. Not that I care really about that. But he, there's a generation of New York kind of bullshit artist guy Yes. There's just a, a breed of man. Yeah. From that from New York where my father's from and I'm a New Yorker too. I love New Yorkers and I love men. I love New York. I love everyone. But there is just a a, a real bullshit kind of uh, breed and he was he was of that breed for sure. So I feel that one of the reasons I'm so good at spoofing Trump and kind of feel like I've got his number maybe more than even some other people's cuz I've grown up having these conversations with my family that the world is now having about this man and his behavior Very uh, about my father. The, no, classic textbook narcissism, all of that stuff. You say you're a woke show queen. Yeah. Was it tough growing up? Yes. Do uh, you feel comfortable talking about that? Yeah. I mean, a tough. it was tough. I had it easy. I had it pretty easy because um, I'm, I was always, you know, I, I never really fit in with any sort of in crowd. Um, I was always you into, and me both, brother. Yeah, I was into musical theater. I was gay. I didn't know that at the time. You know what we're talking about when I was right. like a kid. Yeah. But I had a very accepting family, and even my father, who was a shithead, was <laughs> you know he was an accepting shithead. He was, he was accepting. I mean, he didn't. He he was too narcissistic to even realize what was going on. So when I came out, it was a surprise to him. But he, you know, everyone was really kind of in show business, and so that was never. What did your an dad issue. do for a living? Um, many things, but he was a drummer. He was oh. a musician. He and toward the end of his life, he was a a, a talent agent who would and when we lived in South Florida, and he would book uh, acts into the condo circuit wow. in South Florida. So your 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 family's in the biz. They are, yeah, and you know grandparents who were who were in vaudeville and all you know like back to back as far back as as uh, you can go. We've had showbiz in our blood. So you're a huge. What? Fan of musicals. Yeah. How so did if, you I give, know? if I give you a musical, if I give you a number, can you tell me what show it's from? I think that I can ace this game, but now I'm nervous. Hi, so. Nancy. Hi. Bye Alice. bye, Birdie. Oh, all right, all right. Two lost souls. Damn Yankees. You should <laughs> have right. had a buzzer here. <laughs> that should have had a buzzer. Um, shit. <laughs> That's you should have prepared for this I game. I was ready to go. I, ha I have a few more. All right, but, well, if you uh, think of them. Oh, well, I, a lot of them are from, you know, my favorite musicals. So well, which are what? For, I like that you did Two Lost Souls. Cause yeah, that, that's, that's a, a great song. Are you watching that Fosse Verdon? Oh, yes. It's right up my alley. Oh, I'm living for it. Well, I, I did that show, and I did No No Nanette, and, okay. and I did um, uh, uh, Bye Bye Birdie. And so those, you know, in high school and in dinner theater and when I was because I always grew up and my mother was in theater she was is that oh, was yeah. that your link to the yeah stage? And, I, and I always like and well and my grandfather was a playwright and he started the actors theater of Louisville so I mean at you know I remember as a young 
child watching my mother in the night of the iguana and and all those kind of things oh and so it was, it was a lot of fun for me that's why you like me so much <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah you're, you're you're my brother from another mother it's true yeah i do a show actually in my show tonight from damn yankees which one uh, it's a parody of uh, Good Old Days. Oh, that's a I, great one. Which is one of my videos, but it sort of yeah. talks about, you know, my version kind of reflects on the days of the, the good old days of your, like, you know, when everybody uh, Bill was Clinton white and, and <laughs> whenever, no, not, it's not, that, that's, it's, that's it's the not Trump a, version. It's not the MAGA version. Yeah. But um, it's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, the scandals that we could deal with without, you know, full on Xanax or, uh, or stronger. Every day. <laughs> Xanax yeah. drips. What what makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? Really silly, stupid stuff like irreverent humor. I like inappropriate yeah. stuff. I mean, we you know yeah. what I'm talking about. We the had same a few stuff that makes me night. laugh. Yeah, yeah. Some stuff that you can't get away with anymore, which is sad. You know that is it. it, it don't you feel like people are a little more brutal or, sh- and, or, or yeah. scared to laugh? Well, you can't go there anymore. And I That's feel true. like comedy used to be such a safe place for that. In that, I, to me, the best comics were the comics who were, like, we're talking about stand-up and things like right. that, um, were the ones who would go there and who, you know, you... you like you, who? Who did you like? Oh, God. Comedically, I, I, I love... I have so many influences. I mean, Steve Martin. Yeah. Martin Short. Joan Rivers, I love. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Uh, I, I always think she's a good example because she when she she'll came, push the buttons. Yes, but if, if she were to and the boundaries, absolutely in a way that is so brilliant, and ha- had that sort of unique way of playing the asshole, and and saying the the opposite of what she really meant. Right. But there was a context to it, and I loved that. That that was so. Uh, you know, when she came out with her uh, special in two thousand something, Jesus is magic. Yes. Yeah, two thousand six <clears throat> or something. I don't know, but. If you know, she, if she were to do that material now, she wouldn't. She, she wouldn't it. have made it past that special because no. she would have been kicked off the island. Well, and, and I think that's kind of sad because comedy to me should be a safe place. Everything should be. It is the only qualifier I've always thought is: does it make you laugh? Yeah. Is it is it funny? Does it make you laugh? Well, I think it's this Twitter culture now. It's Twitter has like unified us all in a in a way. It's kind of. Weird. You know, everyone's got a weird perspective. We think that because we all look like Twitter profiles now, like that's our identity, and we're all the same. Uh, the comedian is the same as the politician, as because we're all the same. We all we all have you know our our tweets all look the same. The font is the same. Right. There's no sarcastic. There's font. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's true. And <laughs> so it's it's weird. It's taken the context out of everything, and it's well, not... and it's limited it to what two hundred fifty characters. So how now, or two eighty, or whatever it is now. Yeah. They, so you can't. The context of what you're saying, I think, is lost. Right. And it used to, you know, we used to say, well, she said this irreverent, absurd, you know, kind of racy thing, but she's a comedian. We have elected her to say those to things. say those things. Right. I mean, can you imagine? Producing Mel Brooks's Blazing Saddles today, you couldn't do it. No, and he's another one who I love very much. Oh, he. Um, I mean, young, young Frankenstein. I grew up okay. watching, and uh, <laughs> that was a big one for me. That's, that was one of the first ones that had me laughing. Yeah, to, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> what beautiful knockers! Why, thank you, doctor. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was a big. And the whole cat thing. We, you know, we had the and Frau right. Blucher. Frau Blucher. Right. <laughs> yeah. Walk this way. Walk this way. Yeah. That was yeah. Oh, that was great. You know, I interviewed Carl Reiner recently, and and 
I, I sat down with Carl and I asked him the same question. I said, what makes you laugh? What, what's funny? Yeah. And, and what separates a comedian from other people? And he said, it's the prism through which you see things. And he said he appreciates comedians because they're usually far more bright than other people, far more intelligent. Yeah. And I think well, that's, you see things from a, 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 a kind of the view askew. Yeah. Yeah, I've always, I mean, it's kind of a douchey thing to be like, yes, that's, yes, that's yes, me. Yes, it's a douchey I, thing. We're I funny and smart. That we're, I'm funny and smart. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a tragedy. It's a curse. But I do, I've always felt, whether it's, you know, uh, it's just um, in, in my own head or my own narcissism or whatever, but I've always felt like <laughs> well, you get I, that from your dad. Yeah, probably, <laughs> unfortunately. But I, whether I'm delusional or not, I've always felt like I see things very clearly like i I, yes. I see a situation and i feel like i can assess it i get this from my mother i feel like she always you know has has been able to get right to the bottom of things instantly you know she can cut out the bullshit and see what what's really going on if you had uh you know your wish list of things that you'd like to do not a bucket list because uh, while you're here yeah, you want to fill out the bucket, not in the last minute. Go, ooh, I have an empty bucket. Right. But, but what would you like to? What would movies or books? Love to do what movies? Well, I'm working on a book now. Ah, yeah. What's it about? It's about me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, well, it's I'm in the very beginning stages of it, so I'm kind of just gathering notes and stuff. But it's going to be sort of, it's it's you know kind of a autobiographical, but funny and now. If you had silly. your movie, what would you like to do? Drama, right? Science fiction. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I would love to do movies. I, I, I've never thought about what my movie. Well, I, I have thought about it. I'm more. I would like to. Uh, the show that you'll see tonight is kind of me in concert. That's what I've been doing over the past year, which is great for me. I mean, I I grew up going to to concerts of Broadway performers, right. like you know, whenever Bernadette Peters would come to town, or or uh, you know. Audrey McDonald or whoever I you know grew up with when they would come down to Florida where I lived I would go see their concerts so I'm sort of living my concert dreams now but I would love to expand this into a more uh, a larger spectacle like a Pee Wee's Playhouse live kind of thing which I think could also be a TV show I'm the TV show that I kind of have been pitching around is is Pee Wee's Playhouse meets The Daily Show Ooh, that would be yeah. Just don't end up like Pee Wee playing. You know, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't go there. We won't go there. <laughs> or, or you know, or a, you know, we don't want to see any pedophile priests in our. No, but he wasn't a pedophile. Pee Wee. No, no, he just no. was he, a little he, horny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was to... a little. Yeah, but where he? Did, I mean, well, it was in a, 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 like a, a porno, porno. Well, yeah. I mean, it was you know, yeah. it's not I... like it was a Dwayne Reed aisle three. <laughs> Or Kmart. Yeah, I'm here to defend Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'll I'd, be controversial on this podcast. I love his comedy. <laughs> so, I mean, brilliant. He was yeah. a huge inspiration. And I hear, you know, the hate mail that I do get is, who's this Pee Wee Herman oh, really? looking motherfucker? Which I never consciously did, but I guess he, he's been more of an influence to me than I really know, even. Well, your character is not Pee Wee's No, but I guess I make funny faces, and I kind of look like him a little bit sometimes. No? No, I, I don't. Well, maybe. I, you know, I never thought of that. Yeah. I, I mean. I, I hear it a lot. I mean, the first time I ever saw. I thought Faye Dunaway. There you go. From the side, maybe. You have but, better ears. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, but Pee Wee, the first time I ever saw him, um, I guess was in a Cheech and Chong movie. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh. he did that face. I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah. And and that and then that more and it was 
he wasn't Pee Wee then. He was just Paul Rubens. And okay. then he morphed that character and that voice into Pee Wee Herman. And right. he was like, an, I, I think he was in the Blues Brothers, too. He played a waiter. Okay. Well, see, I, I grew up with Pee Wee's Playhouse as a kid. And then Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, yeah, Tim, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That was huge for me as well. And that was with Bernadette Peters. Right? Wasn't she? No, wait a minute. No. I'm getting confused. I'm old. Forget the me. jerk was the jerk. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was funny. I did get to meet, if I can name drop on yeah, this go podcast. Ahead. I met. I was. I did a concert. Well, my friend Carmen Cusack, a broad, a fabulous Broadway star who starred in Steve Martin's Bright Lights. Is that the name of it? Pennies from Heaven. No. Uh, now we're all we're both. Damn it, Steve. I'm sorry. That's I, all right. I'm thinking of 900 things. Steve Martin's uh, Tony nominated and I'm sure winning, I forget, Broadway musical. Um, she was the star of it and she did a concert recently at 54 Below in New York. I was a guest and when I got off the stage, I was ushered <clears throat> to a table where they said, Steve Martin and Martin Short would like to meet you. Oh, that would be fantastic. I, said, I thought it was a joke, clearly. Or they said, no, they said... We overheard, Steve Martin just told Carmen that the only reason he came is because you're here. Wow. I said, well, he's joking because he thinks, you know, who's this asshole? He's never heard of me before. But sure enough, I went to the table and they totally like knew me and liked me. And he was like, we, I was just, we were just watching all your videos in the car and they were like referencing specific things and that asking me about my comedy. I'm like, what the fuck is my life right now? <laughs> That's kind of cool though, isn't it? Uh, it's kind of cool. Yes, yeah. Brian. Yeah. It's so. kind of, you got to like it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't. I mean, you know. it added ten years to my life. <laughs> it added. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> it's, it's. <laughs> what What's your favorite musical? Um, I always say anything Sondheim. Really? Yeah. Uh, specifically into the woods or Sweeney Todd. Really? Big Sweeney ones for Todd. Me. Yeah. Wow. I don't know that. I saw that when I was in high school. Luckily, I, I was fortunate that they were filming them and and airing them on PBS when I was a kid. Yeah. So I got to see, even though I didn't live in New York, I got to see them and, and, and study them and watch them over and over again on VHS, if your listeners remember VHS. Oh, that was yeah before our time. Yeah, before <laughs> our time. Was, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that was a huge What about Bob Fosse? I love anything. Oh, Bob my Fosse. God. Yeah. yeah. Well, Bob Fosse, I kind of, I mean, I was obsessed with Cabaret in Chicago. Right. And then I was really obsessed Fosse, the Broadway review yeah. Fosse was on Broadway when I was in high school, I think. Did you ever see all that jazz? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that was, oh, you had to like that. Yeah, so, yeah, huge Fosse fan. The first, uh, Singing in the Rain, I remember he choreographed some of that. I Did think. he really? I yeah, didn't the, even realize that. Yeah, the number, God, and a couple of others. He was just, I mean, he was light years ahead of his time, yeah. I thought. Yeah, And just, a, and just visually stunning. Brilliant. Yeah, and, and turns out a funny guy, too, but yeah, that's, I think a sense of humor helps everything. Don't you think? <laughs> it certainly does. And we miss that in the White House. We don't get... But I'll tell you this much. Well, we're getting a lot of comedy out of it, but it's not generating <laughs> It's not from intentional. There. Right. It's, <laughs> yeah, I, I say the president reminds me of a bad stand-up road comic, and you laugh for the same reason you What reminds? That's yeah. what he is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, he's exa that's exactly what he is. Yeah. And yeah. I laugh I mean, for he's the same like, reasons. Like the worst kind of showbiz. Yeah. And, and he's... From showbiz too, or of he, course. Yeah, I mean, I I never watched his show. I confess, <laughs> I never wanted to watch a show where somebody said you're fired at the end. I mean, no, it's I didn't. just a downer. I oh. didn't watch that either. Yeah. What? So what do you like to watch? Um, I, I 
I, I'm all over the place. Lately, I've been watching The Act. Oh, Did really? You see the, yeah. the Act on Hulu? That yeah. was crazy. And I have seen it on the... And uh, there was another one I saw, Future Man. It was... What's that? It's a science fiction parody comedy. And okay. it's it's a lot of obscure references to, you know, um, <clears throat> a lot of social stuff that's already out there. And it's kind of funny. All so right. they reference Back to the Future. And I was a huge science fiction fan, so I... I watch that and, and laugh. It right. makes me laugh. It makes that's, me laugh. That's the best thing. So what makes you laugh? Just like, I, I never have a good answer to that. It's because it's all just, but irreverent comes to mind. That's, that's, that's it. That's it. Irreverent. Just like the silliest thing. Like someone falling down makes me laugh the hardest. Oh, well, yeah. Someone, a fart joke makes <laughs> me laugh the hardest. There are, uh, there are three belch like jokes in my show. Really? I think. <clears throat> Anybody farting in, uh, on a pew in a church would make me laugh. But yeah, all right. So I'll Think, tell you. yeah, things that are that happen when they're not supposed to. That's kind of like where my my videos come from. Like where where the comedy I think comes from. That's what I always think. Like, what if what if a reporter was actually this absurd and said this ridiculous thing? That's that would make me laugh. I thought I was that guy. No. <laughs> well, you are, and, and it's, my whole series is inspired by you. Oh, right? no, stop. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I love, now you, one thing people may not know, you edit your own stuff. I do. That. I do everything myself. You shoot it? You edit, Is it one man band? It's a one man band. I, yeah, on my oh, tour oh. here, I've got a little team, but when I go home and make the videos, it's just me and my cat. How long does it... How long does it take you and your cat to put together a video? Well, the cat doesn't do shit, let's be honest. Well, cats never do do shit. I know. Um, not, you know they're not sociable animals. Mine is. How yes? dare? Yeah, he's, he's really. He's great. He's he's like a dog. But listen, I don't want to bore your audience with cat talk. I'll save that for my sold out audience. For <laughs> um, he. Uh, uh, how long does it take? I give myself no more than forty eight hours. Because if you're doing it, because you have to. First of all, if you're doing anything, you know, in the social media age. Yeah. You gotta you gotta be on top of shit, or people are you know it's gonna get right. lost. So the more current, the better. Um, also, if you're covering anything, to, you know, to do with the headlines today, well, the news cycle, as yeah. you, I don't need to tell you, changes by noon the next day. Shit, so I've take had, that long. I've had a couple of <clears throat> videos that I've had to put on the shelf because I'll work halfway through, and then the whole, you know, story changes, and I have to do something else. Well, you know, you're very popular among the White House reporters. I love that. I hear that, and I hear from. Uh, yeah. Many of them directly, and it thrills me. Yeah, were you surprised by that? Yeah, because like I said, I'd I'd heard from all these like you know Broadway people and and these and even TV people and things like that. But when I started hearing from people on MSNBC and CNN and and reporters and and anchors, I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. No, but it's it's, it's thrilling. You've touched a nerve. I love it. Well, why do you think? Why would you say? I think because. Um, honestly, you're asking me my opinion. I'll give you my opinion. I yeah. think it's because you touch a nerve and make people laugh about things that are very hard to laugh about. We have a hard time in the White House press corps. Um, we have to take everything so seriously all the time. Right. And to even laugh sometimes. And I'm not saying everyone. I mean, I go in there with a laugh and I usually, I'll, you know, I'll go in singing sometimes which people look at me like, you know, I have, you know, I've just got something on the top of my head that has to be removed. Right. But it's, it is tough because on any given day, you're covering a lot of serious issues and you're coming. And then 
I've seen people. I I know one guy, you know, who will sit down and go, "Did you see what Randy put out? You got to see this." And then the basement of the White House, where all these people were like stuck, like sardines in a submarine. Right. You know, a desk like this would fit maybe eight people typing away. One person will put up a Randy Rainbow uh, video, and then there'll be thirty people that'll, that'll, you know, eventually in the next few minutes will laugh to it. That's so nice. That thrills me because that gives me. Um... I mean, I'm not surprised, I guess, because that's that's why I do it, and that's what comedy is for. It's the prick in the balloon. Yeah. Um, that's why I get mad when people try to stifle comedians, because we're only trying to help you. We're trying to alleviate. Even if sometimes we trip on ourselves a little bit, the intention of any good comic, I feel, is to alleviate the, the tension of the situation. And if you don't allow that, we're just... Where the balloon just keeps getting bigger and bigger and there's no relief. But um, but when I hear people say that, especially people, who, reporters who are in, you know, on the front line right. of it, and uh, <clears throat> and people who, who, you know, you hear things all the time, like you're helping me get through my chemo and stuff like that. You know, I do meet and greets after my shows and I hear these incredible, heartbreaking, beautiful, touching stories from people all the time that my stuff is helping them through. And it gives new meaning and new importance to the work that I'm doing, you know. Yeah. Because it started really as, a, as as anyone getting into show business wants to just get their name and face out there and, and you know, kind of show off and do their thing. But when you get feedback like that, it puts a whole new Yeah, it kind of takes it to another level. To it. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I mean. So I, I love I, that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think everybody gets, if you are a comedian or you're in musical comedy and the word comedy is you you right. want to make people laugh yeah that's it that's the bottom line right and if at the if that stick and straws up your nose and and they laugh that's right. a laugh that's it uh, but if as you said when you reach out to someone and they come back and tell you that what you've done not only made them laugh but made their life better yeah that's got to be pretty fulfilling it's incredibly rewarding it's, um, again yeah. it's something that I never really expected to hear well I never expect that from being a reporter (laughs) well you don't get that a lot well you got into the wrong business (laughs) well I will it's a thankless job and I could have told you that years ago yeah I I know you well where were you years ago well I'm just trying to get here with you (laughs) yeah there you go so you're telling me now (laughs) well I mean I have fun doing what I always wanted to travel the world on somebody else's dime and and be in that front row seat of history right no listen what you're doing is important and 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 very entertaining it's just you're not (laughs) you're not going to get applause every night no no just the death threats i get the death threats that's fun too (laughs) it means you've made it yeah i've I've got made a name that made me laugh (laughs) do you get a lot of death threats i not since in trump i i never had more i had physical threats covering stories like at riots or in wars and there was an overall threat but never someone specifically pointing me out saying they were going to kill me until Donald Trump and the first one I got was a guy who <clears throat> called me up on the phone and he said I'm going to kill you and I said you're not going to kill me he says yeah I'm going to kill you I said no you're not I said right now you're fat you're overweight you're sitting in your mother's basement eating Cheetos you haven't had a date in five years and you're watching kitty porn and there was a long silence and then he said, you're mean. And I go, I'm mean. You're mean? Yeah. You called up and threatened to kill me, and I'm mean? Go fuck yourself. And I hung up on him. <laughs> but those you don't worry about. It's the ones that don't call you that you, that you worry about. Yeah. And there are friends of mine who have you know bodyguards because of what's going on. And that's... That's, that's sad to me. Yeah, it it's is. It's horrible. 
But I, I mean, we're not making any. Uh, if we are making people laugh, it's inadvertently. But we're right. not trying to make people laugh. And I feel like today it's such a gift to do that, to be able to do. Yeah, more so than ever. I feel like you know, like I said, I, I've been working on this since my Mel Gibson, since I was dating Mel Gibson back in the day. How was Mel as a date? You by know, the way? I don't want to talk about it. We've since broken up. It's a sore subject. <laughs> but um, he, I got I a, a giver. <laughs> he's a, he's a giver. But he is. Um, <laughs> he was fun at, at he was fun at the Satyrs. I'll say that my mother loved him at Passover. Um, yeah, he wasn't good at shivas though. No, he gave me. He didn't like those wooden chairs. But he gave me like a year's worth, at least maybe two of material because because well, that because this will go to show you like back in 2010 that Mel Gibson thing we were talking about that for months. Oh yeah, that's and so that's what I would cover was the thing that everyone was talking about, and that went on for months and months. You know, today, today it's a it's a brand new scandal every nine minutes. Yeah, but um, and that's accurate. Every yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Every it almost like clockwork. And since it's Friday, somebody's going to be fired at the White House or quit or something. Absolutely. Even though it's as we do this, it's seven twenty in the evening. Um, but um, it, you never know. Yeah. But when you sit down, you say, and, and I go back to the woke show queen. What's an unwoke show queen? I don't know, and I actually hate the word woke. It's so kind of douchey, and it's it's a very millennial, millennial term, which yeah. I am. I'm technically the I'm oldest millennial. How um, old are you? Uh, can I ask? I'm 37. Oh, you young thing, you. But I'm tech. I'm, I'm I'm a Pete Buttigieg millennial. There you, you are. I just make the cutoff. Um, so I feel like I kind of have one foot, you know, in the social media age and one foot in reality. But uh, what was I? Are you a Mayor Pete of? fan? I like him very much, and I actually have become friendly with Chastin, his husband. Oh, yeah? Because I just did a video where I reference Mayor Pete. Yeah. Just a little kind of throwaway, and I say, hey, Mayor Pete, I think you're cute. And I heard from Chastin. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> what is this going to be? But he said, we love you, and uh, you're hilarious. So that How was good. How can I... So, well, yes, I'm voting for him, because good. I think I'm hilarious. No, I have not decided yet, but I am a huge fan of having him and them out there, and the fact that they are, were just on the cover of Time. I mean, yeah. for, for my community, um, I'm gay. What's your community? I'm gay. You're gay? Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm going to, uh, you get the exclusive on this podcast. I'm breaking it tonight. I guess our date's off. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, no, it's on. It's now. on. Oh, that's right. All right. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of having them out there the way they are right now. Who well, knows what's going to be, you know, I'm we're really a, long a lesbian line. in a man's body. What can I tell you? I thought you looked yeah. familiar. <laughs> Work it. <laughs> <laughs> I like making fun of anything. That's yeah. don't. I mean, don't, at the end of the day, don't you? You have to. Yeah. yeah. But that. But but I. But back to what I was saying is that to when I started with Mel Gibson and, and any scandal that came up, whether it was Kim Davis or Chick Fil A or anything. That oh yeah, kind of happened. I remember that. Yeah, I Kim Davis. That? Who could forget that one? Kim Davis was a was a. Big one for me. I got you know a oh, lot really? of a lot of views on that one. That that built up my my audience. She has Whenever, the worst hairstylist in the world. But that's please, good. well, she hates the gays. I know, well, that's nobody's going to do her hair. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, <laughs> it shows. <laughs> but go. But I found that going, you know, where the most controversy was, where the most, where people were the angriest, and people were the most, you know, the things that people were fighting about on social media. That's where I. You go. run to the fire. That's where I run with my little hat pin, and and you know prick the balloon, and I find that that's 
that what that's what got me the most you know internet and social media success and then it got me the most views and then i realized why and it's because it's because people need it the most yeah when things are the most controversial and the most tense that's where you go yeah you're a first responder you run to the fire exactly yeah that's because cool. comedy for me was always and i think on some level it's this in every form of comedy but for me it was a direct uh, relief it was a, it was a it was a lifesaver for me because you know like everyone i had my my troubles growing up and i was bullied on the playground and all that shit, shit and i was gay and I, I you know and um so there and 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 i have so you, you know i've always had a depressive kind of uh nature but comedy which was taught really handed to me by my grandmother who taught me to laugh at everything right became like this amazing superpower that I thought any situation in life if you can laugh at it you've got control of it that's I I hear you and, and so I love it I have a love 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 for comedy and I you talk about being marginalized is because you were gay I understand the marginalization not because I was gay but because I grew up Lebanese in a very uh, southern environment there you and, go but I, I was always, also Jewish in South Florida, which oh, was all right. Well, that's that's you have to. But be, I wasn't. Right? Yeah, but I didn't. I would. I didn't retire to South Florida <laughs> with the true. other Jews. I was. <laughs> I was in high school at the time, so well, it was a kind of a different thing. We weren't playing shuffleboard by the pool. But, but yeah. you, you you talk about being. Do you, do you find I I always and and I I, I want to say this as a question, but do you find yourself attracted to those who are marginalized by the larger society because of what happened to you? Attracted, in and and do I gravitate towards? Do you gravitate to it? You find it easier to communicate, like Shh. with with gay community, black community, L, uh, any of the LBGD, uh, anyone who's been marginalized by the larger society. Do you find it easier to find inroads and talk to them and communicate with them because of how they were marginalized, or does that even come in? Is that a factor in your life? It does. Or have you ever thought about that? I don't think I've ever really. You know, it was never, it's never been easy for, that's another reason I do what I do is because it was, it's never been easy for me to really connect with anybody until I got on the stage as a kid and I was, then I, I was saying lines, I was putting on a show and that was the first time I was able to feel a connection with people. I don't know what it is. We'll have to do another therapy session <laughs> another time. I'm about to go on stage. I don't want to wear myself out emotionally, but... <laughs> No, I don't want you to wear yourself out emotionally. Because now I'm thinking about my own <laughs> well, I, I Michigas, just, as we say. Yeah, but the the cool part about you is the universal, the fact that you reach so many people. I don't. Well, know. that's because I love I love that aspect. I love that I'm able to to connect with. I love connecting with people. I also hate people on a on a daily basis and in general. I I, I can't. I wish that people would get off the earth so that I could just do my thing. But at the same time, I find that I love connecting with people. You love humanity. It's people you can't stand. I guess that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, and I'm I've gonna, heard that That's lyric. my new grinder profile. <laughs> that's your new grinder profile? Or Twitter. We'll okay, see. so let, let's see. Last quiz. Let's see if I can come up with one that you don't You're not going to stump me. You have not even prepared I for know, this I game. I know I didn't prepare. You should have had I, a list. I should have had a list. I should have prepared. But I thought I knew, you know, uh, musical comedy. Well, let me do one. Oh, you're going to stump me. Easy. Go ahead. Um... Uh, being alive. I am alive. No, I don't. <laughs> See, I'm, yeah, I'm, you got I'm getting kind of fancy. It's a Sondheim. It's from Company. Oh. No, but 
Yeah. That's yeah. I would not. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. I get would that. not know that. I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah. So, but I. I mean, and I'm too darn hot. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not complimenting <laughs> you. I'm playing the game. Oh, oh. <laughs> too darn, darn hot. hot. I know the song. Kiss uh, me, Kate. Kiss me, Kate. Currently on Broadway. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That's, well, I see you're better at it than I. I, I thought I. I thought I had you. Don't try me, Brian. I, I'll try you anytime, baby. All right. <laughs> well, listen. I know you're getting ready to do a show, and I appreciate you spending the time. It was my us. pleasure. Anytime you want me to do anything, well, almost anything. Uh, almost anything. Call me. I'll be there. there. There you go. And and same for you, brother. All anytime right. you need me, I'm there. The uh, show is just ask the question. I am your host, Brian Karam. Thanks for joining us. Now, if you get a chance, go to YouTube and watch one of Randy's videos. How's about that? Hit it. Hit it.